Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. My name is Paul Fagan, and I'm here with Jody Fisher. Hey, Jody. Hello, Paul. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, This podcast is for all the dads out there who struggle with life's topics as they are related to family and finances. Our hope is that we can provide our thoughts, successes, and mistakes and share them with all of you. Uh, Today's topic, we're going to discuss money and marriage. And and what does that exactly mean? And, And this is how to make sure that the two of you are on the same page when it comes to money and finances. Uh, My current situation, which has been um, in place for many, many years, even pre-marriage, was an equitable split of the finances. Um, Before marriage, we were uh, pretty much roommates, splitting up the expenses 50-50 and and right down the middle. So when we were living in a small apartment in Queens, uh, we had our household budgets um, for um, electric and rent and such, and we got a joint account at the time. And what we would do is uh, initially fund that account uh, with several thousand dollars each. Um, and then every month um, we would draw from that account, pay the bills. And then at the end of the month, I would do a calculation and a spreadsheet um, and, and do an equitable split. And then we would each cut ourselves a check to, you know, to ourselves, and deposit into the joint account. And it was kind of a rinse and repeat style. Uh, later on, when we got married, um, we, 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 the split became more equitable. So based on income, um, I was making a, a little bit more than my wife. And over the years, we adjust those splits as incomes go up and down. Right. So if I were making double what my wife is making, I would take that fair share of the equitable expense for the household um, or vice versa. Um, and funny enough, uh, years later, I found out uh, in an article that I had researched uh, on Oprah and O Magazine, um, she had recommended uh, the exact style for couples to uh, embrace is this uh, equitable split of the expenses. Um, and so basically we, main, we maintain three sets of accounts. Um, I have my personal account, my wife has her personal accounts, and then we have our household accounts. And the household accounts include um, the joint checking and savings along with a joint credit card. So we have one credit card that's split that we use for the household. And then we have the checking and savings account and we still do the same thing today. Um, at the end of every month, I, I give her a bill, so to speak, and we still make those checks to each other. And the only reason why we still do checks, Jody, is because at the end of the day, um, the banks are still charging fees, especially from different banks, from bank to bank. There could be a fee involved. At least that's what we found. So um, if I try to deposit monies into my joint checking account, I get charged a fee on both sides, which I know sounds ridiculous, but that's how it is. So we actually physically write checks and then now it's gotten even easier because I used to have to go to an ATM and make that deposit and now I could take a picture on my phone right front and back of the check the the banks have finally uh, uh, come to a point where I could do that without any hassle so that's how we um, work in terms of money and marriage and Jody what's your current situation when it comes to money and marriage well just a quick note on that isn't isn't that life changing when you can snap a picture of a check and deposit it into your checking account that's kind of amazing it is amazing and and the most amazing part about it was that technology has been there for the last several years but only in the last year 18 months did the banks raise the limits enough for us to do that from a uh, a joint backfill of the accounts perspective you know the household uh, expenditures are are are, are you know, reasonably high, I guess you would say, but that's for everybody, right? We are all in the same boat, right? We have electric, 
cable bills, um, other payments, uh, and and it's we're all in the same boat. So those, as those expenses is, uh, arose, the banks weren't keeping up with it. So I think banks had a limit of like a thousand dollars that you could do in terms of a of a deposit on any given day into an account, and then and they finally raised the limits on all that stuff. So, but you're right. Um, in short, I love the fact that I can not have to go to a bank anymore. No more brick and mortar unless it's an extreme situation in terms of opening an account or closing an account. But even then, you could do that all online, right? So it's yeah, pretty I, amazing. I, I, do, I, I do visit the bank on a weekly basis to make some cash withdrawals in the scope of our budget. You know, I take uh, a couple bucks from this to pay for the landscaper and this to pay the cleaning service and that, you know, to give my kids the allowance. Um, and I do that because I need the smaller denominations and also because if you do too many um, back with my bank, at least if you do too many back and forth uh, transfers, um, obviously withdrawal, you got to go into a bank. Um, but if you do too many back and forth transfers, I've been hit with them actually closing an account. Have you ever experienced that? No, I have Clo- not. Automatically closing an account because it exceeds the number of transfers per statement period as defined by federal law. At least that's the that's what I've been told by my bank on the two occasions that they have automatically closed one of my savings accounts. Oh, interesting. It is shocking. I know we're totally off topic here. It is shocking <laughs> when you get that. And the first time I got it, I was like, WTF? What do you mean you're because I'm transferring money from my savings to my checking? And I think that's the direction it was that you can put if you transfer too many times out of your savings into another account, you um, you only have a certain number of transactions in a given statement period. Um, and I'm like, I'm moving my money from one account to the other. What the hell's wrong with you? But in any case, let's let's get back to money and marriage. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's probably uh, banking and fees are probably something uh, that we could talk about on a podcast, right? Those pitfalls. Oh of, no, we're gonna rant about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least credit I cards, uh, late fees, the inevitable or the the, the typical zero percent down, and then if you miss a payment, it becomes retroactive twenty two percent from the beginning of the loan. There's all kinds of games that the finance companies will play. So that's yeah. probably something that will. Take for Let's talk about podcast. that next time yeah, for sure. Ab- because absolutely. if I get going, I'm not going to stop. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, on the back to the the marriage and money piece, um, you know, that's it's really interesting the way that you and your wife have um, have decided to to manage your finances. And and what I heard you explaining there is the same thing as what we've experienced. Sort of having a budget and a process that evolves over time to fit your needs. And I think that's the most important takeaway. If we're going to jump to the end of the of this podcast, the takeaway is um, making sure that you have a plan that adjusts and responds to the needs of your specific household. There's no one right way to do it um, other than making sure that the math works. There's no one right way to do it. Yep. Um, the, the way we've done we've done it completely differently from you guys. We've we've comic we've commingled everything. So it's one checking account. It's a couple different savings account busted out. Um, by need, you know, there's one saving account for the house. There's one. There's one for each of the kids. Um, there's sort of the 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 dream vacation, you know, savings account that that's often another institution where we toss money into that all the time. There's the savings account for the house where we're throwing money into that all the time. Um, so there are different savings accounts, but in terms of the household budget, everything is in one pot and it's all on one spreadsheet. 
and we make sure that we are constantly talking to each other on what's coming in, what's going out, what we need to spend on this week, um, you know, when we need to, um, you know, buy prescriptions or when we, when that payment is coming up and, and 99% of what's in that budget, um, is just recurring. It's the monthly payments. So we all, we both know what's, what's in that spreadsheet and what's coming in and going out all the time. Um, but you know, we're to the point where it's, it's somewhat mechanical and routine about the budget where, you know, I'll wake up on a Friday morning and before she's even got that first sip of coffee in her mouth, I whisper, you got paid today <laughs> because I'm checking, cause I'm checking the account to make sure that it hit and make sure that it's the right number and make, cause again, I'm a, I'm a detail guy and I'm a no surprises guy. Um, you know, and she's coming home to me and she's saying, okay, I spent, you know, X dollars on groceries and we throw that in the spreadsheet and okay, I'm going to go buy this and we throw that in the spreadsheet. And it, it's all about just informing the spreadsheet. And I'm lucky because she's, she's a data spreadsheet girl too. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's, it's nice that we can communicate in that way. And, and again, we've reached a place we figured this out where um, it works for both of us. Commingling it, we've created this this process that works for both of us. And going back to what I started with, that's what you need to do. You need to create a process that works for you, um, no matter what that process is. If it works and the math is right, you're all good. Yep. And and you hit upon that topic of merge or not to merge, right? That that's an important question um, for us and me and my wife. Um, Everything is we, we prefer the method that we have, um, but not, but if you talk to other financial or you listen to other financial advisors, the prominent ones, the the Dave Ramseys of the world, he, he, the insistence on commingle is 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 a must, right? Where just like you said, and it works very well in your situation. I'm not sure if it would work so well in my situation. My my wife is very I'm very active with the finances and and she's typically very passive and if she were in the room with me she would admit to that. Um, she has most of her stuff on auto pay. She'll, you know, at the end of the month I actually fill out the check and just have her sign it to do the deposit. Um, so she's very hands off. Um, and and the the most important part about our financial situation is we've never fought about money ever. Just there's no reason to, right? If I want to buy a new set of golf clubs or something within reason, I I would just go do it. Um, and same thing with her. If she wanted to buy something, um, you know, she would just go buy it. Now, if it comes to cars or, or something really big, you know, really big, we would, of course, discuss those types of purchases, and we have in the past. But at the end of the day, I think for us, having the accounts independent, gives us that freedom that we both desire, even though it's an illusion, right? And I always say that because it is an illusion, even though the accounts are separate in the event of, of, of a divorce or something, which, you know, um, I'm just, just saying that out loud. We're not, we're nowhere near anything like that. <laughs> that um, would be the shock of the century. Yeah. Yeah. We're nowhere near <laughs> that. Right. But you guys but, have been together for so long. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And what I've said, and we both laugh about it is like, we could afford to get divorced, right? We have our independent financial lives with our independent retirements. And if we had to make a clean break, um, we could actually afford to get divorced, right? I would think that we could come to some reasonable and equitable decision of, of, of how to do that. And then whenever I joke about that, my daughter, my eight-year-old, my nine-year-old daughter, just she freaks out. So we don't talk about it anymore, right? Yeah. We don't even joke <laughs> about it because she doesn't want to even hear that word. But 
But for oh, forget us, it. Our kids, my, my wife and I are very animated conversationalists, if you haven't figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll be having this animated conversation about, you know, current events in the other room. And our kids will come running in the room and be like, are you guys OK? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> like, exactly. no, this is just the way mom and I talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So we, we stopped we stopped talking about that aspect of it. But but for us, it, it was very important to keep the financial independence. And, and I don't know why psychologically, but the reason why I say it's an illusion is because when it's all said and done, um, if there was some sort of disillusion, um, all the monies would be combined and the lawyers would figure it out and the judges would do some kind of split, right? And that's what typically happens. But getting off that topic, getting away from divorce, on a positive note, for us, we've always had a really good relationship when it came to the finances. And it's funny, we I have another friend that was asking me about money and finances and how we did it. Because like, like you, Jody, most couples commingle the finances. And I think that's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's a great way to go. And a friend of mine was asking me how we do it. And I explained to him how we do it. And when he went to go talk to his future bride about it, it was a, it was a showstopper, right? There was no way that you know, in her mind, she felt that, nope, what's yours is yours, and, and no, what, what, what is that saying? What's, what's yours is mine, and mine what's is yours. yours my, what, right. Well, well the, the joke is, what's yours is mine. What's yours is, what is it? What's mine is mine, and what's yours is mine. <laughs> That's true, too. That's what my buddy Lou says. My buddy Lou says, if I ever get divorced, I'll get half my stuff back. <laughs> and a big shout out to Big Lou. So, um, so it, it is kind of funny the way all that works. So, I, but I think it winds up being that give and take. Right, and I know that uh, one of the things—not to want to flip the subject a little bit, Jody. You, you still—and we talked about this in other uh, podcasts uh, around the envelope system. So you're still—you still use that in terms of money and marriage, and it keeps everything clean in terms of having the segregated funds for each and every um, expenditure. And that—that—that that, that system. Can you talk a little bit about that for people who missed it in another podcast? Sure. Well, we, I only use the envelope system for a couple of very specific things. You know, we have a, a, a guy who cuts the grass every week. So there's an envelope system for that. And it's, you know, 40, 50 bucks a week, you know, every week, nonstop around the, around the uh, calendar. And, and that takes care of that. We have a little envelope system for gifts. You know, if you have kids, you know, they're always getting invited to birthday parties and those birthday parties can hit like five in a weekend and suddenly you're out 200 bucks or something. So we do a little envelope system for that. We also do an electronic envelope system, I guess if you can call it that, but you know, we have all those different savings accounts that we've talked about. So constantly throwing a couple of bucks every week into this savings account and that savings account and that savings account to make sure that we are um, beefing those up and we're saving at the same time that some of those savings accounts function as an envelope to withdraw from if we have, you know, baseball sign up or somebody needs, you know, new sneakers or you know, something like that for the kids. We have that uh, that savings account for them that we can draw down on. Um, we're never drawing out of that more than we're putting in on an annual basis. So that's always building up. It's never going down. At least we hope. Cross fingers. Mm -hmm. And uh, and um, so so. But the idea is to to constantly be saving there, like we said in that last podcast. And that gets us back to what you and I are both talking about here, which is. Creating a budget, creating a plan, being intentional with your money, and then communicating it. I think that's why uh, some financial experts will talk about the need to commingle the finances. Because what commingling does, and Paul, you're the exception here because you have successfully done this without commingling, 
is it forces communication. I think that money is the hardest thing for two people to talk about with the exception of maybe religion or politics. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's it's very awkward to it, or it can be very awkward to talk about money with someone else where you're where you've both got an equally valid opinion. Um, you know, and just because my wife and I commingle our finances doesn't mean that we always agree on everything. We've got to a point where now, you know, we've been we've been married uh, as long as we've been married and 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 been you know with each other longer than that where we understand each other and we sort of have that give and take and prioritize okay you need this thing i need this thing we both want that thing we both are going to need to live without the other thing you know that kind of stuff we can have that conversation when you're starting out like that it can be very awkward so like just like you're like you were talking about your friend um you've got to have the communication about how we're going to deal with the finances um you know, I feel like you've got to have someone who takes the lead with my wife and I. It's me. Um, and by taking the lead, it just means, OK, I'm the one who's managing the spreadsheet. I'm the one who's making sure the bills are getting paid on time. I'm doing all that stuff. Um, but she has just as active a role in the conversation about how we spend that money as I do. Um, and I would say that she's got 51 percent of the conversation, just to be safe. Uh, <laughs> um but, you know, that, that's really the whole thing is, is communication, making sure that you're talking to each other about how you're managing the money that you have. Because if you don't have that conversation, you've got two separate tracks. You both might be spending a little bit more than you have or you might be spending a little bit of the other one's money or however that works out. And suddenly you turn around and there's no money for food or there's no money for the utility bill or whatever there's no money for. Um, so it's the conversation part really that's important. It's not, it's not so much of the mechanics of how you manage the money, but it's the conversation around how you manage the money. Yeah, I, I agree with you. If, if we commingled the money, I think our communication would be better between us. And I also feel that we may be more ahead in terms of financial savings. Um, but, and this is a big but, all this works for us. Right. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to touch it. And I think that my wife is fiercely independent uh, with her finances and herself and all her um, endeavors, I should say. Right. When it comes to work or or personal and even to the point where, you know, we the only thing I think we we argued about at one point was uh, getting the logins to her accounts so I can look at the the, the balances for the financial uh, family spreadsheet, right? And maybe that's the only time where it took, it wasn't really a disagreement, but it took a little doing to to get that information into a centralized place so I can effectively manage the finances, right? And I don't think it was a, a trust thing. I just think she was so used to being on her own with these types of things that um, it, it just it took her a while to kind of warm up to the idea, but but it but well, it was a long, it, long time it took, ago. It's almost like a calling into question of the other person's ability to do the thing that they've been doing forever before you came along, right? <clears throat> That's true. And 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 so it's like well, I've been doing this for a while. I'm fine. What are you What are you worried about? What do you need the login for? It's it's almost like that. It's not even a like you said. It, it's not even a what are you looking at my stuff? You know, where I want to hide something from you. It's more like a. 
I know how to do this. It's like tying your shoes, right? What do you got to tie my shoes for? I know how to tie my shoes. Leave me alone. It's that kind of thing, right? Yeah, you just develop. You just gave me a light bulb moment. Maybe <laughs> I really do think that probably that's what it is or was. But it was it was quickly squashed, and and now um, you know I have everything that's needful in the one spreadsheet that allows me to take a look at all the balances. Um, and every once in a while, I'll show her, you know, at the at at the at the uh, macro level, um, the retirement fund totals and the savings totals and shared debt totals, etc. Um, and but once again, she's very passive with that. I believe she believes, hey, it's well in hand, things are good. You'll let me know if things are bad, and and let's just keep going, right? So so that's good from that perspective, um, you know. But I think getting back to the commingling, which I know a lot of couples do, and I think it's a great way to do it. Um, I I think that if we were to do it. Um, we might be ahead in some things, but I think overall, if the way our personalities are, I think it would cause more financial fights for us. But and I believe you're right. I think we're the exception to that rule because most people will co-mingle and, and not worry about it. Um, to kind of flip to another topic, joint savings. Do you guys, uh, so you guys are putting everything into the same savings account, um, but you also have separate retirement accounts. How do you how do you track all those pieces? Are you equal in terms of putting the same percentage of, of money into your 401ks? And do you, are you on the same page with with those types of uh, pieces as well? Um, we would be if we were fully funding our 401ks in the way that we probably should at this point in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, it's a function of, you know, our job situations. And she's not doing a 401k right now. She's got... Um, an IRA that's pretty well beefed up from past jobs, but she's not actively funding that. I am actively funding a 401k, um, uh, but I've also drained my IRA down, and this is from a past podcast, drained my IRA down fairly low, uh, although it is coming back nicely, I'm happy to say. Um, But we don't get too ramped up about equally funding retirement counts and things like that. What we really just focus on is is communicating clearly about um, the, the overall household budget. And I'm going to set retirement savings off for the purposes of this conversation right now. Um, and we're making sure that we are um, we're putting the money in the buckets that we need to put them in right now to make sure the budget is balanced and we're making the progress that we want to make. Um, it, it, it also touches or brings up uh, another thing that we've talked about in the past, which is um, making sure that when you're saving for things, you're saving for a purpose. Yeah, it's good to just be you know chunking money away into a savings account just to beef up, whether it's an emergency fund or something like that. But after a while, you've also got to identify the thing that you're saving for. Um, and to me, that is another part of the conversation when you're talking about money and marriage, you have to have a conversation about, okay, we're taking this money, here's this savings line, and we're putting this money in this account. What are we doing that for? You know, what's it going to go towards? Is it going to go towards um, a vacation? Is it going to go towards, Paul, you talked about, you know, golf clubs or some other thing that we want to get, some other toy, which is all great. We all need toys. We all want to have fun, right? We, we, we work hard. We make money. We deserve to have fun on the scale that we want to have fun. Um, so making sure that you're saving for something, um, that's another great conversation starter, but in, with, in marriages or with couples, um, 
about how you're using your money, making sure that you're talking about, you know, and dreaming together about, hey, we're going to save this money so we can go on this trip or we can, you know, make this improvement to the house or we can buy this car, do whatever the thing we want to do. It goes back to communication. You got to communicate. You got to talk with each other about what you're doing, why you're doing it. Um, and that way you identify the things you want to spend on, the things you want to cut back on. Hey, you know what? This week we don't need to spend that thing because then, then we can take that money and we can throw it in that account or we can do something else that we've wanted to do this week. Um, it's it's really comes down to communication and talking about um, why you're doing what you're doing so you can make progress together. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I think for us, we have those conversations typically over dinner without the kids. I'll start talking about trips or college funding and, and we'll have those types of conversations um, you know, offline, so to speak, outside the house. Um, that's typically where we have our financial conversations when it comes to um, money. And, and, and that's probably because, you know, you don't want for us, we don't talk too much about money in front of the kids, right? It's still something that we want to keep abstracted from them. As my son has gotten older, and maybe this is another podcast topic, right, is to kind of talk about how to talk to your kids about money, right, and how they should learn about money, right? So that's something we'll talk about in a future podcast. But in general, when it comes to major conversations about our finances, we do it outside of the kids' ears. So that's something that we've always um, that we've always done. And then one last point, which I'm going to circle back to the envelope system. Um, we also have the envelope system, but we have one envelope, um, and we keep that envelope in the office, and I backfill it every month, and that is the slush fund, right? So like you said, babysitter money, uh, daycare money, whatever's needful comes out of that envelope. And I have to go to the bank once a month to do that withdrawal as well. So I think it's something that uh, we're both on the same page with. But once again, as we've talked about in other podcasts, you're managing it at the micro level. I'm managing it at the macro level, but both work. And I think that comes down to what we talked about before. And I think it's time to kind of go through the recap, right? So like you said at the beginning of the podcast, Jody, do what's best for you, whether you're commingling the money or you're keeping finances separate in a structured fashion. Do what's the most comfortable and works for your marriage, right? And then keep the lines of communications open. Make sure you're talking and discussing, especially the major financial topics in your lives, whether that's retirement, saving for that dream trip, college funding, a new car expenditure, looking at a new home, etc. And then having those goals, right? Those savings goals, being on the same page in terms of you both want this type of new car or you both want to take this trip with the family so making sure that you have your goals aligned with each other uh, anything else to recap on jody now paul you hit it communication is key if you communicate you'll win if you don't communicate you'll lose well said well said well jody i thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today and i'm personally looking forward to the next one thanks everyone for downloading our podcast if you have any questions or comments please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help. You plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you. Mm-hmm.